0: Well, the Men's Summit 23 is being held on Saturday, the 20th of May. It's being organized by us at Momentum and also Christian Voice Australia. And the event is for dads, husbands and sons and features special international speaker from the US, David Dussek from Rough Cup Men's Ministries. Other speakers are going to be talking about sport and men, education and boys. And there'll be a special survey release on secret men's business too. We're urging all men to attend this unique men's event if you'd like more details from christian voice australia check out christianvoiceaustralia.blog or of course you can visit the momentum website for more information that's momentumaustralia.org
1: you're listening to momentum a show that helps men succeed in life i had greater conversations in pubs than i have even to this day in men's ministry in churches because Guys are forthright and they're real, and they sit around and they talk about what's really happening in their lives, and they don't know the guy next to them any more than you know the guy sitting in the pew. And if we could just get that mindset into the church, not the beer part, but the the connection part.
0: (laughs) Now, here's your hosts, Tim and Dez. All right, well, welcome once again to uh, Momentum. It is uh, all around Australia with Tim and Des, and uh, fantastic to have you tuning in as well. Really appreciate you doing that. And uh, we're going to endeavour this week to, uh, to help you out in your journey in life. Is that cool? Uh, Des, how are you, my friend? Are you good?
2: Yeah, really good, yeah. It's such a joy, and I'm really looking forward to this show today. It's going to be really, uh, really interesting. And so, yeah, our website, as you know, is MomentumAustralia.org. Uh, give us some feedback. There's lots of information on there, podcasts, Lots of things, and if you'd like to support Momentum as a ministry, please uh, donate on our website. But also remember the Momentum Caroline, Line one eight hundred triple zero men one seven days a week, uh, nine am to eleven pm. Brought to us by Caroline Connections.
0: Yeah, fantastic. I encourage you to. Uh Give them a call if you need. That's 1-800-000-636 and check out the website momentumaustralia.org. Now, talking of websites, uh, last week we chatted with uh, David Dussek from Rough Cut uh, Men and uh, roughcutmen.org was the website. We asked you to uh, perhaps have a look around that between the weeks because we've got uh, David back on the show this week. David heads up the men's ministry in America. It's called Rough Cut Men and his mission is to encourage and equip men to live their lives for Christ, to engage all men where they are and not just in church.
2: And just like Tim and I, David encourages men to start talking about what really is going on in their lives. Uh, so to unpack why we as men need other men in their lives, we're joined once again on Momentum by David. Welcome back. Hello, guys. I'm so happy to be back.
0: It's great to have you back, David. We thoroughly enjoyed our chat with you last week. It was kind of setting the scene to some degree a bit about your background, how you came to faith, how Cut came to be. One of the things we touch on, of course, is is this need for men to reach out to other guys and get other guys. You said a lot of men have acquaintances, but not r- many real friends. So we kind of wanted to explore that this week because it is, I think, one of the biggest stumbling blocks and one, we can acknowledge, all three of us, that when we look at the guys that we speak to, a lot of the biggest challenges that come is the fact that men do life in isolation, not with other guys. And so we wanted to really speak into that space this week, but um, last week... We talked about the fact that men in the U.S. and Australia are struggling with some of the same things. So before we launch into that, how we can fix that, and that's through connection. Let, let's just quickly recap some of the things that you see generically as you speak in America. And then, of course, you speak here in Australia. Some of the same things that you, you hear the conversations, you see the guys or guys come up to you and talk about. What, what is it that some of the men are really struggling with these days?
1: the things that really are affecting men worldwide the most uh, uh, sometimes it's financial you know they'll come up and say i'm really struggling with this or i've got a job decision to make or one of those things uh, something like that but uh, i think overall every guy that walks in whatever their malady is feel like they're the only one in the middle of the struggle and so i've i've heard a lot of men um talk about prodigal children uh, ironically enough i have a, a special needs son he's 27 years old And I bring that up in the event, and I'm surprised at how many men are out there with children that are not really children, that are adults, that have disabilities that are keeping them at home. So they never Mm -hmm. really get to be what we call in the States an empty nester. They've got someone that they're caring for even into their 60s, 70s, and sometimes their 80s, which can be exhausting. Mm -hmm. I I use the term, if you only understand if you've spilled the same blood of the same mud. Um, You don't know what it's like, for example, to play a part in raising another man's children unless you're divorced and remarried and you have stepkids. I've heard that quite a bit where guys are like, you know, people don't understand what it's like to raise another man's children part time because they Mm -hmm. go back and forth. So those are the things that really I, I I hear the most that men are struggling with now on social media. I get a lot of messages that come in because there's some relative anonymity to it. I think uh, where guys can really, say what they're struggling with. In some cases Mm. it's an affair. In some cases it's an inappropriate online relationship or a work relationship. Uh, And that one comes up, but it won't, you know, that's not something a guy's going to stand up in a crowd and say, Mm. excuse me, I'm talking to my girlfriend from 25 years ago because my wife's not doing it for me anymore. This is like literally Mm. what goes on in Mm. the military side of it. It's a lot of, a lot of suicide. Um, A lot of, a lot of men that are just opting to, 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 Cheat God of the greatest gift, So what I say,
0: David, overriding that and overarching that, a broader brushstroke for a moment when it comes to men generically, how much do you think men are struggling with their identity in general? I mean, I'm talking about personally, but also uh, as a man, uh, but also spiritually as well as a, as a man as a, a head of the home. How much do you think that's affecting men generically worldwide?
1: I don't think it's necessarily coming in under the roof of the house i think there are uh, there are external circumstances that are coming in that are are muddying the water of what manhood really is and i think you know with the the invention of terms like toxic masculinity um, that's been a real change we lost models of manhood really I, my father's dad walked out on him when he was very young so my dad didn't have a model to follow. Therefore, he didn't really have an identity as a man, has no relationship with the Lord. So that just got passed on generationally to me. And fortunately, I met the Lord and and and, and learned what the biblical model of manhood really is. But I think the culture is affecting that. I think the media is affecting that. And so guys are just utterly confused because there are so many different things bombarding them from different directions saying who they should be Mm. that we've really in general we've all kind of lost our way uh, because we're living compartmentalized lives and the pastor talks to me on sunday and then my workmates talk to me the rest of the week Uh, and the internet talks to me and social media talks to me i don't even know who i'm supposed to be anymore
2: yeah certainly you know social media plays a huge part in you know us identifying as men who we really are you know the whole gender question. So, so much out there that destroys a man's identity. I absolutely
1: agree. I mean, we're, social media is. Uh, I'm sorry, it's it's jettisoned any real truth. Everything my true is not your true. Yeah. Mm. You yeah. know whatever I whatever mm. if I yell it louder, it's going to be truer. If I if I type it in all caps, it must be true. Yeah. That's how we've degraded manhood and, and people in general. I mean, people are incredibly brave behind a keyboard. Yes. Mm. Yes. Mm-hmm. As a guy who runs a social media site, believe me, I it's like, you know, you're awful brave on the <laughs> other side of the United States behind that keyboard. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. But they don't realize that there is a previous life and he does come out once in a while. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I mean, you, you mentioned there about um, you finding a biblical definition of, of masculinity, David. We want to talk about that later in the show because it, it actually ties in with one of your books, which is terrific. But for guys listening right now who um, might be struggling in that space, I'm not saying that they're questioning, you know, whether they're, you know, their sexuality, but but just their manhood in general. They go, like, I can, I can relate to that. And, and part of my story was, and I'm 49 now, but at the age of 38, my first marriage fell apart and I realized that, to be honest, I was still operating like a little boy in a lot of areas of my life because I hadn't developed that masculinity within me. So, speak to the guys who might be in that space right now who go, you know, what? I can identify with that. I'm 40 I'm odd years old, but I still feel like there's parts of me that don't feel very manly or I don't really fully understand because my dad was absent or distant or, you know, whatever.
1: Yeah, a lack, of, a lack of a model. And hey, I I have to be an encouragement here for a minute because that's really my job, but Um, It's not necessarily our fault as men, because if you go back historically, at least in the United States, and this is a worldwide thing too, uh, there was a time, you know, two centuries ago where dad was home building a fence and mom would call everybody in for dinner and dad would lead the family prayers and everything else. Then we had an industrial revolution. Mm -hmm. We had a couple of world wars that followed that where dads all went and fought in in the great war. And then they fought again in world war II. Um, And because of that, We just sort of involuntarily abdicated our position as the leader because we weren't home. Mm -hmm. Uh, And now in a culture where a lot of cases you have double income homes where mom and dad both have to work just in order to make ends meet, uh, the culture has now become the child raising mechanism instead of dad being on point and mom and dad as a team working together. So you're not... Uh, it's not you you're not you're you, you the reason that you don't really have a firm definition of what manhood is is because there's just yeah. no one out there modeling it anymore because the culture uh, has drawn us into I have to work my wife has to work so the school or aftercare is raising our children um and then you just don't know who you are by the time you get through all that and and the world is telling you still that you need to provide you need to do this but Now the culture is telling you that it's okay uh, for strong women, which it's absolutely okay. I would love it if I got out-earned by my wife because I could do more podcasts and play more (laughs) golf. (laughs) But but at the end of the day, it can be very confusing when Mm. um, the church doesn't really tell you how to be a biblical man. The culture doesn't tell you how to be a man at all. So we're kind of left to figure it out. It's almost trial by error and trial by fire to Mm -hmm. figure out, what it means to truly be a man and hopefully survive and raise the next generation so that they don't end up bigger train wrecks than me. And I'm, I may have made a couple of train wrecks that I'm still putting back together again, but God is a God of second chances.
2: I think, I think most of us have, us have those train wrecks. That's for sure. <laughs> you know, and that's, and that's so important. Um, and we've talked about this uh, last week and also in this week that um, that men overcome that hurdle of finding somebody to talk to you know and we've talked about you know in the church setting that you know men can't talk in their connect groups so they can't talk in their church. their pastor is not on the same planet quite often. and so where do men who do men talk to they, you know, they may talk to the guys at the pub or the club or whatever, but it's very hard to have an open deep conversation about what's happening in your world when you're sitting in front of a beer or a glass of red. And so, you know, it's important that men find a way of getting past that.
1: And I think that's one of the reasons why I always encourage guys to go do things that they love to do, but just yeah. Take somebody with you because you may talk about your favorite football team for weeks, but there's the more you spend time with somebody, the greater the opportunity to say, you know, I like this guy. Um, we've had some decent conversations. Um, but I think one of the the issues that at least I see in the States a lot is a church, for example, will hang banners in the parking lot off of the light posts that proclaim it the year of discipleship. And most guys walk by and they say, I don't have any idea what that means. Yeah, I yeah. remember when, when I first started pursuing my, my wife, Joni, uh, she came out of a bad marriage and I as well. And, She said, you know, the next man I meet is going to be the spiritual leader of my home. And my immediate default thought was, I don't even know what that means. Yes. So I was in a position as a newer believer that I didn't, nobody taught me what that is. I have no idea what that means. I think leading is domineering. and That's not the case. Leading is leading servant leadership, leading in love, following the model of Jesus uh, instead of following the model of your average military drill sergeant. Who says it's my way or the highway? Yeah. You know that's not that's not how you lead a family.
2: No. no,
0: It doesn't work in marriage. Yeah, we just touched on there the fact that it is a, a stumbling block for a lot of guys, and we touched on this last week for a lot of guys to admit that uh, having other guys in their life. To be honest, and vulnerable, and transparent with—I mean, for all of us, that's you know that's one of our biggest things. And and I can you know even use my own story and say for many years I hid behind playing church, uh, but nobody really knew me. You know they knew the version of me that i wanted them to know on the sunday morning but they didn't know me at all um so um how do we how do we encourage the guys again david to to start dropping the walls in church the safety and trust is is a key thing right we've got to start there we've got to feel like we're safe and we can trust someone right
1: right and we in any relationship whether we're on the receiving end of a conversation or the delivering end of the conversation um we have to make absolutely certain that everything is confidential. Mm. And I think that a lot of men are apprehensive, uh, to get involved. I have to be honest, pubs. I I had greater conversations in pubs than I have even to this day in men's ministry in churches, because guys are forthright and they're real and they sit around and they talk about what's really happening in their Mm. lives. And they don't know the guy next to them any more than, you know, the guy sitting in the pew next Mm. to you. There's just something inherently comfortable about being, you know, sharing a beer in a bar. Uh, And if we could just get that mindset into the church, not the beer part, but the the connection part.
0: Mm. Put a bar in the back left corner of the church. Yeah, there you go. (laughs) Uh,
1: Three working taps. That's all we need. Uh, Truth be told, I mean, in order to connect with men, I, I often say that it's a lot like a dating relationship. And I know that sounds weird, but it really is. I mean, there are uh, my relationship with my my battle buddy is what I call him. His name is David as well. Uh, this guy can access everything he wants to. I mean, he can ask me anything. We have conversations where he'll start out a statement by saying, you know, I've never told anybody this, but, and you can kind of fill in the blank uh, with whatever it is. Because he we have extraordinary confidence in one another because we've traveled together for 12 years. We didn't start That Mm. way. I didn't go Mm. find a guy. I worked for him. And I'll never forget the way our relationship started. I was having a discussion with my wife on the phone in the office. He was my boss. Uh, My discussion was a little heated. He came by, told me to put the phone on hold. He said, who are you talking to like that? I said, it's, it's my wife. And he said, okay, well, if you ever talk to your wife like that in my office again, you're fired. And that's how our relationship actually started. (laughs) And, uh, over time I've given him, he's on my board of directors. I've given him access to my calendar. He can access my bank accounts because Billy Graham said, if you want to know where a man's heart is, you look at where he spends his time Mm -hmm. and his money. And Mm -hmm. so I have overwatch just what you say in the military. I have overwatch to make sure that I don't skip a date night or forget to tie. They're all, but he earned, he earned that right to be there. And it took a lot of years. So guys listening, don't beat yourself up by i want that but i don't have that the first thing to do is to take the next right step which is to just you know you know the guy god's put him on your heart send him a text go do something Mm. and just enjoy the time Mm. you don't have to wax poetic about paul's epistles in original greek that's not what we're trying to do here (laughs) you know we're just we're just we're just guys having fun yeah a couple of mates out doing whatever and that's what blazes the inroad over time to actually have an authentic relationship with somebody yes good yeah. But you can't rush the fruit it takes time
0: des you've often said that uh, men tend to do better in this space when we get alongside each other rather than face to face each other like when we're doing something you say like if it's fishing for example when we're or hiking when we're not necessarily sat down eyeballing each other but we're doing something together there's more likelihood of something coming out in that conversation because it's seemingly less threatening, I suppose.
2: No, exactly. And it could be, you know, it could be going to the football and you, you, know, you watch the game and you're talking and it comes to the break and, you know, you can start a conversation that, like David said, like over a beer or whatever it happens to be, but you know, fishing, hiking, motorbikes, whatever it is, whatever, you know, rocks your cage, you know, use that as a stepping stone. To build those relationships, and David's absolutely right. I mean, you can't do that in one meeting. You can't do it, you know, even if you're doing it, you know, once a month. But you know, find that person and get get to know them, and let them get to know you. Be 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 uh, exposed yourself in the nicest possible way, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and you know, and let them get to know you because none of us are perfect.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah no, sure. I, I,
1: you're absolutely right, and. I think working on cars is a great one because you know you're in the midst of doing something and like yeah. here hold this wire so I don't drop it. Yeah. Fishing and golf are two of my favorites because if I put you in a boat with me, you're stuck with me unless you want to yeah, swim. Exactly right. so we're, <laughs> we're gonna talk to each other. <laughs> if we're in a golf cart, I mean all you're going to do is hit the ball and then we're going to drive a yeah. few hundred meters down the down the down the course in the cart to get to the next thing and we're going to spend 4 or 5 hours yeah. together mm. and we're only actively doing something for minutes at a time. Yeah. Mm. And that's the you know that's just Sometimes silence is even great. You know, Job's friends didn't say anything to Job when he was in the midst of his worst struggle for the Bible says seven days and seven nights. They didn't say a word. It's OK to be to mm. share airspace with the dude and be an abject silence. And for the guys that are like, I don't even know what to say. Mm. Uh, if someone comes up and says, hey, I just uh, I, I had to bury my wife. You know, I just lost my wife. Yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll give you some comfort. You don't have to know what it's like to bury a wife to sit with the man who just did. Yeah, you don't right. have to know what it's like to to lose a child, God forbid, to sit with a man who has. You don't even have to have the right thing to say. Mm. Sometimes the ministry of presence is far yeah. more important than any biblical wisdom you could ever yeah. flex mm. on a guy at that particular mm. moment. Exactly. Just listen. And we just need, we need to yeah. get back to just sitting together.
2: Yeah, yeah.
0: exactly. Conversational. Yeah, Calm. Mm. We're going to cut to a, a short break, but you know what? I'm just going to let that sit. That was just that, David. The ministry of presence. I love that. I really love that. Um, and guys, let's just let's just sit with that for a moment. Um, David, you you mentioned a few times um, about the the battle, and I want to come back at the the other side of the break and talk about a couple of your books, which mention a bit more about this and this biblical definition of. Of manhood that we've been talking about earlier in the show. We're chatting with David Dussek from Rough Cut men. Uh, roughcutmen.org is the website. I encourage you to have a quick look around that while we take a real short break and come back with David in just a two.
1: This is Momentum, a show that helps men succeed in life. Find out more at
0: momentumaustralia.org. Well, the Men's Summit 23 is being held on Saturday, the 20th of May. It's being organized by us at Momentum and also Christian Voice Australia. And the event is for dads, husbands and sons and features special international speaker from the U.S., David Dussek from Rough Cut Men's Ministries. Other speakers are going to be talking about sport and men, education and boys. And there'll be a special survey release on secret men's business too. We're urging all men to attend this unique men's event. If you'd like more details from Christian Voice Australia, check out christianvoiceaustralia.blog. Or, of course, you can visit the Momentum website for more information. That's momentumaustralia.org. Well, welcome back to this week's show. It is Tim and days and Momentum all around Australia, wherever you are right now. Really, really appreciate you tuning in and hopefully you've enjoyed the first part of the show with our special guest, David Dussek from Rough Cut Men. As I mentioned just before the break, David's going to be, Speaking in Australia in May at a number of churches and at the Christian Voice Australia Men's Conference on Saturday, the 20th of May as well. If you'd like some more details about any of that, where he's going to be, the conference, etc., you can find details online at roughcutmen.org. That's roughcutmen.org. You know, David, we, we've talked a bit about in the shows, uh, both this week and last week, about this idea of men being intentional with each other and, and seeking friendship. I mean, we're talking about quality friendship here, not just... You know, surface acquaintances, um, and we've looked at some of the reasons why that is for guys that we struggle with that. But just before we launch into another section that we want to touch on, you let, let's just linger on that for a moment. Um, do you think that men don't want to be seen? Do you think that we struggle with, you know, like we're okay, we can do this thing on our own? Do you think this idea of needing other guys and exposing ourselves vulnerably? is something that we just don't want to do. We're not wired that way as men.
1: I don't necessarily know if it's don't want to or don't know how to. Mm. Most of the time, I think it's kind of a combination of both. I didn't really know what brotherhood looked like until I started to hang out with combat soldiers. I under, Then I. you ask any soldier what he misses the most after his career is over, mm. it's the brotherhood. It's the guys mm. that he was with day in and day out. And I didn't really want to, Uh, because I didn't trust anybody. You know, I knew that I needed to, uh, but I didn't necessarily want to. And I certainly didn't know how to do any of that. I think what broke the mold for me uh, was realizing that I just can't navigate life by myself. Uh, As I watched more and more combat soldiers operate uh, in the military, we say you never kick a door without overwatch. You don't turn your back on a potential enemy. And the only way to survive that is to have someone else facing the opposite direction Mm. scanning the roof line uh to make sure that you don't get shot in the back while you're doing your job in the world in, in our world as christian men it's really no different because we do have a, an enemy that wants to steal kill and destroy and solomon the wisest man in the world said that we should pity the man who falls and has no one to help him up and mm. uh, an interesting side note about solomon is if you'll remember king david had an affair with Bathsheba. Uh, he should have been at work the bible says that He, you know, in the spring, at a time when kings go off to war, he stayed Mm. home. Mm. And if you're not where you're supposed to be, you're just asking for trouble. And he ended up having this affair with Bathsheba, and he lost the baby, and and just got the hammer put down on him by a prophet by the name of Nathan. But Solomon, who wrote Proverbs and Ecclesiastes, and he's tapped as the greatest, the wisest man ever, Mm. was actually a child of. David and Bathsheba, which started out a completely inappropriate relationship Mm. that should have never been. And Mm. I'm always encouraged by that because God can make really great things out of a terrible start. Mm. Uh, And Solomon is the one who penned that phrase that we should pity the man who falls and has no one to help him up. And honestly, if you start looking just to give you some biblical background on why um, Moses had Aaron and her. David had Jonathan, Paul had Barnabas or Silas, depending on what mission he was on. Even Jesus sent the disciples out in Luke 10 in a two by two, when I say a two by two tactical cover formation, because Jesus who was fully God, fully man Mm. knew that a man traveling by himself was a viable target. It's not a matter of, of, of if he was going to go down, it was when. And Mm. I think when I came to the realization that I could not, make the right decision. If you give me 10 different choices, I'm always going to pick the dumbest one in the group. You know, uh, My mom always said that I hung out with the wrong people all the time. And that was a personal choice. I always picked the wrong crowd. And bad company corrupts good character. And it's really right. an eye opener when you discover that the bad company that's corrupting the bad character is the one you're looking at in the mirror and not the one that you're yes. with. Um, that was an eye opener for me. And I think really to intentionally hang out with other men has been a game changer uh, for me. And it, it took me coming to the realization that I just flat couldn't do it by myself. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't pull a motor out of a car by yourself either. Uh, mm-hmm. you, you need two people to do it. You can't play tennis alone. It's really boring. <laughs> you, know, you can't play football by yourself because you can't throw it and catch it at the same time. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a reason why that's the design uh, and why in all of creation, everything that God made, he said, he said, he made the earth and he said this is good he made the sky and the sun and the moon he said this is good and then he got to the alone part and he said "Uh oh you know the only thing he said wasn't good about his creation uh was that man was alone and i mean obviously that points to a a helpmate a wife uh but it applies to friendship also
0: you talk about the battle sense a lot and you mentioned a few references there um and used phrases your first book is titled rough cut man a man's battle guide to building relationships with each other and with jesus so let's just quickly talk about some of the, the key themes within the book, David, and I suppose the the emphasis for the book when you wrote it.
1: Well, the book was actually written on a dare. Uh, I was out having <laughs> okay. lunch with a publisher friend of mine, and I work with Teen Challenge, which is a Christ-centered residential drug recovery program for men 18 and up. It's not really teen. It's everybody over the age of 18, mm. and I've worked with about 22 of their centers around the country and also in Toowoomba. I've been there several times uh, in Queensland as well. Um, and these young people would come up and say, Hey man, I loved your content. Cause I did the live experience, uh, that we talked about previously. Uh, and they said, is this in writing? And so this publisher buddy said, Hey, if you put it in words, uh, I'll put it in print. And I'm like, all right, deal. I'd never written a book before, but I'm an English minor. So why not? And so the key themes are, are very similar to the live experience in that We cover friendlessness, isolation, support, encouragement, accountability, soul wounding, father wounding, legacy, and really, uh, most importantly, relational reconciliation, trying to get that prodigal son back under the roof, uh, trying to get your relationship restored with your wife. Some of the most estranged marriages are still cohabitating under the same roof. Mm. Typically, it's our fault. I mean, I hate to, I hate to throw that, uh, throw men under the bus. Yes, there are exceptions to the rules, um, but the long and short of it is I'll just be real. Women don't start looking elsewhere to find needs to be met, whether they're physical, emotional, or otherwise, if they're getting them met at home. And so uh, oftentimes it's a guy saying, dude, I don't see a date night on your calendar. And when was the last time you just took your wife away from the kids and you went out and you enjoyed yourself? Uh, Joni and I had an amazing trip in November to Sydney because we intentionally took four days to just stay in a hotel. The kid was out celebrating his graduation with his buddies yes. uh, after six years in Australia. So we knew we were going to be all alone. So we just went to our favorite coffee shops and bakeries cause we know Sydney like, uh, like our own hometown and really enjoyed ourselves. And that intentionality really built our marriage up and I wouldn't have done it had I not been encouraged by my
2: friend David to take that step. And, and that's so, so important in terms of relationship, having that uh, de- deliberation, de- determination to make it work and, and have that contact. That's really cool. Your second book, um, David, is called The Battle Tactics to Biblical Manhood. So define that book for us and what it's about.
1: Oh, the book is, if you've ever seen the movie We Were Soldiers, it's actually based on that particular battle that occurred in 1965. Uh, it was the first battle where the Americans... Uh, met the uh, Vietnamese army uh, in what was the kickoff to a war that ended up lasting 10 years. And I happen to be really good friends with all of the men who are portrayed in the movie, not the actors, I'm actually friends with the guys that were in that 395 member unit. And every year I go to the reunion, and as we were hanging out and I was having conversations with these these guys that are my heroes, frankly, uh, they were outnumbered five to one. They were on the other side of the globe in an area of operations that was all jungle, using new weapons, new tactics. I mean, it was a they were destined to fail and they won. And so I wanted to know how that all played out. How how can you con- succeed in what is seemingly unwinnable? And as they were sharing what are called in the army, the TTPs, the tactics, techniques, and procedures that they used to win. Uh, I discovered that the same tactics that work in real world combat also work against the enemy that wants to steal, kill, and destroy you Mm. fight as a team. You know, your resources, you know, the enemy that you're fighting, you know, what's available to you. Uh, at any given point in time, you have an escape plan. You also have a solid leadership and you have you garden. Most importantly, you guard your headquarters and in the military. That's where your maps, your marching orders, everything are at your headquarters, your leadership, your medical, your resupply uh, in a world of Christian men. That's our home. And I often mm-hmm. tell men, if your ministry at home is no good, your ministry to everybody else is going to be garbage. Uh, you need to focus on getting your home right because that's our number one ministry, and that's really the overarching concept of that book. It also has a 21-day devotional at the end of it. It's the first time I'd ever written a devo. They're short and they're designed. Uh, you know, 21 days forms a habit, and yeah. so it's designed to get men who maybe are not that interested in spending time in the Word or guys that just flat don't have the time to spend an hour meditating on the Word of God uh, to at least introduce guys. Initially to the first step of what it means to sit at the feet of Jesus for 15 minutes on a given day was something that's a little more entertaining because I use a lot of my own personal failures uh, to kind of tee it up each for each devotion, like the mistakes I made with kids and marriage and uh, money and everything that I've ever done uh, became a topic of a devotional.
0: Well, I love that because it's it's vulnerable, right? But it's also really relatable and that's what that's what guys need. It's like, hey, this guy isn't telling us how amazing he is. He's going, actually, you can learn from my mistakes previously. And I love that and I think it's really powerful. You know, um, you've, you mentioned, David, a few times about this idea of um, you didn't know what it was to be a spiritual head of the home and a, and a biblical man. If you could boil that down to a couple of, you know, one, two, three key things for guys listening to go, what would you say is biblical masculinity what sort of traits does that look like for guys listening you know if, if they were to say oh he david's a really biblical he's he just is the definition of biblical masculinity what does that actually look like tangibly
1: I, you know i can't define it as much as cite an example um, and that example is my life uh, i'm married to a woman who has has a uh, a polar um, example uh, she's got what she didn't want and what She did want, And God molded me, by the way, when she said, I want a spiritual leader into one. Um, And the reason that I would say that that's who I am is uh, she'll follow my lead because she knows where I get my guidance. Uh, She knows that I have the word of God and she knows that I have true biblical accountability with another man who will call me out if it's a terrible idea. Um, And I have. I, I run everything by him, but should I buy this car? Should we move here? Should we paint the house this color? Um, you know, because I believe that if mama ain't happy, ain't nobody happy. And so I want to make sure <laughs> that that she's happy. Um, she follows my lead for two things. She knows where I'm getting my direction. And secondly, she knows that I'm surrounded by wise counsel, men who support me, mm. guys who have permission to tell me when I'm off track. And, to tell me I'm a good guy. You know, I can count on one hand how many times my dad has said he's proud of me. And I've lost count of how many times my best friend David has said, you know what, you're a good man. Biblical manhood really by definition to me is surrendering to the Lordship of Jesus Christ in every aspect of our lives and leading our families as servant leaders following the model of that same Jesus. So we're we're not leading by domination. We're not saying it's my way of the highway. We're saying, you know, to coin a corny bracelet phrase, what would Jesus do in this circumstance. You know, he loved the unlovable. He, um, he led by example. He was willing to sacrifice himself. You know, Ephesians five says, we're to love our wives as Christ loved the Lord and gave himself up for her as the church loves the church and gave himself up for her. And it's, you know, it's easy to die for our wives, but is it easy to live for them? And that's the other part really, I believe of biblical manhood, um, is following that biblical model of leadership and having men around us that will say, you know, I'm here to. I believe in you, no matter what. But that's a really dumb idea. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, there was a point when Joni and I were not communicating well, and it was like I was speaking on FM and she was receiving on AM. Uh, young people, you'll just have to Google that. <laughs> <laughs> we were talking on two completely different frequencies, and David knew it, and he said, "Hey, let's go out to eat," and you know, so we did, and. He said, "I I can see that there's some strain going on between you and your wife, and he he's been around enough to know when we're not getting along." Mm. And he said, "What's going on?" I said, "Well, she's just not hearing me." And he said, "All right, well, let's role play. Uh, I'm going to be her, and let's have this conversation right here in the middle of this restaurant." And I said, "No, you don't understand. If you're playing her, I can actually hit you (laughs) because you're a guy." (laughs) But he said, "No, and and he knows my wife so well that his responses were just." spot on what she would say to me. And I kept responding. And finally, after about three or four failed attempts, he said, look, stop. I understand what you're trying to say, but instead of saying it that way, how about if you say it this way? And so he gave me a new way to package the exact same words. I went home and I tried out his method and it was completely disarming. And our marriage got radically better after that, and our communication got better too, because he taught me a different way to communicate. And that is, I wouldn't have done that if I'd have kept, I was banging my head against the wall trying to say the same thing. And you know how men are, we just, if it doesn't get heard the first time, we just say it louder. <laughs> you
2: know, We're so, still saying the same thing. We're just yelling it this time. And that didn't accomplish a thing. So what was the key to that, David? What was the thing that you did differently in that conversation?
1: Understanding her feelings and acknowledging that I did. Okay. instead of trying to and try instead of trying to make her see it my way, Mm. uh, I teed it up with empathy first. saying, you know, I understand completely. I could see how that would look that way. Yeah. Um, But let me tell you where I'm coming from. And if you disagree, that's great. But I just like so it was really it was really disarming. uh, But it it started because, number one, my life is surrendered to Jesus Christ. Number two, my life is kind of surrendered to David um, because I know he'd Mm. never steer me wrong. Mm. And my wife knows that, which is what technically makes me. A, a biblical model of spiritual leadership is I have people around me like Jesus had twelve mm-hmm. dudes. I mean anytime yeah. he did anything awesome, Peter, James, and John were right there with him. <laughs> yeah. Every single time. Yeah. And I've got those guys and I've got I've got the word of God. And the word of God is always my default mm-hmm. for making mm-hmm. a decision.
0: Well there's a couple of key themes that have come out of the last couple of weeks for sure. That that I think is is one of them, David, that you just finished on there, which is, you know, the word of God be our guide as men, that's for sure and the second is definitely get connected which as you know if you've been listening to momentum for any stretch of time you've heard des and i bleat on about most weeks but david you've given us some compelling reasons over the last couple of weeks as to why we should certainly be pursuing that as men and uh, we just want to encourage you again to reach out to us at momentumaustralia.org. at uh, the care line 1-800-000636 and of course we've been chatting with david dussek from rough cut men in in the states uh, roughcutman.org is the website I encourage you to check that out but also because david is coming to australia later in the year and uh, i'd love you to keep an eye on the website and if you can uh, see him in person at some stage uh, we certainly encourage that, roughcutman.org. David, it's been a real pleasure having you on the show, mate. It's been a fun few weeks, and uh, we're excited to have you in, in Australia ourselves, man. We can't wait to actually meet you and um, and and do more of life together.
1: I feel like we're brothers already. And, you yeah. know, just just so the so the listeners know, I mean, we, we really do have a whole ministry operation that we're bringing to Australia. We want to be there for you if you need us to come to your church in May or June or July or November let us know. You can reach me on the website through the contact tab. Size does not matter. It could be 15 guys or 15,000. We just want to serve you in any way that we can and help you connect men.
0: Yeah. Okay. The website, roughcutmen.org. That is it for this week's Momentum. We'll look forward to chatting with you uh, again next week. Until then, you take care. God bless.
1: You've been listening to Momentum, a show that helps men succeed in life. For more information or to hear this week's show again, go to momentumaustralia.org.